Yeah, I have an announcement. We have a great, great, great speaker this morning. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, I know him well, and he is full of humility. So, uh, although he's a little bit scared spitless, but y'all look friendly. I know most of you, so praise God. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, I would like to start off today with a little humor. Um, let me, I don't have my regular lapel mic, so I'm going to have to shift gears here. Hang on. You love getting old. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool in a way because then you all just look like a blur out there anyway. So, Okay. Yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about things like footholds, footholds and the devil and so forth. And so I thought I'd start off with a, a Satan joke. It says, um, this, the joke's called Get Behind Me. A little boy always went next door to play, even though his mom had warned him against doing so. This worried his mom so badly that she asked him why he was so disobedient. And, of course, kids being kids said, he replied that Satan tempted him so bad and he did not know what to do. So his mom then advised him, says, hey, just tell Satan, get behind me whenever he was tempted. So she then built a fence around the house. This worked for a week. Then one sunny afternoon, his mom looked out the window and there was her son playing on the neighbor's lawn having cut a hole in the fence. Jeremiah, she yelled, come here. She then said, did I not tell you to say, get behind me, Satan, whenever he tempted you? So sheepishly, he said, yes, the boy replied. I said, get behind me, Satan. Then he went behind me and he pushed me through the hole in the fence. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of truth in that whole thing. And everybody is, uh, doesn't, you know, realizes that we've always got our excuses, but... Today, um, before I get started, my wife always says, get rid of your gum, so we'll have a little moment. Okay, all set to go. Um, the one thing is the title of my message is, Are You Being Devoured? And if you have your Bibles, which you should, but if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 8, and we'll start reading there. It says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are also undergoing the same kind of sufferings. That's the basis of... My uh, talk today is, are you being devoured? There are times I, I have to tell you that I realize that uh, somebody's chewing on my foot and I'm being devoured and I don't even realize it. And so I wanted to be able to speak to all of us, speak to myself, and uh, to let us know that there's hope and we have power so that we don't have to worry about that roaring lion and we can make that roaring lion when we examine him closer that he'll have no teeth so with that I wanted to share something um, there's a little clip you know I'm a clip freak I always like my clips so there's a film clip that I wanted to show you because I wanted you to realize that Peter did not use uh, when he wrote this the lion like we see a lion I think most of the time when I talk to people about lion, that's the last thing they, they think of as ferocious because they see a little pussycat at the zoo, and it's like, it's no big deal. But in during, there was no zoos during Peter's time. The reason why he used that specifically, lion, is they absolutely knew how dangerous and ferocious a lion was. So it was a real wake-up call when he used that as an example. So 
I don't know if any of you, if any of you have seen the movie The Ghost and the Darkness. Okay, but it was uh, based on a true story. Uh, there was a dual set of uh, male lions. They actually called them, um, the actual lions themselves were uh, uh, the killer lions of Tosalvo. It was a long story, and I'm not going to tell you about the movie, but this is just a clip. And what was happening, these lions ate hundreds, not a few people, hundreds of people. They'd come into camp and pull them out of the tent and eat them. And they had a hard time building this railroad. Uh, because these lions were fearless. They would come in, pull somebody out of the tent, and eat them, and they, whatever trap they set, whatever they'd miss, and whatever, and there were two brothers. And they found a cave full of bones, and they realized that these lions were just eating the people to, or just to kill the people to kill. It wasn't like they were eating them. So um, I thought this would be a perfect clip for us to understand uh, just the kind of lion that uh, Peter was talking about. So, Amy, if you'd like to go ahead and, uh, first of all, hit the lights there, okay? John! Where do you think you're going? I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to sort it out. I think you got the message. Uh, that is, was pretty graphic, and that whole movie was pretty graphic, and it, it uh, gave you a profound respect for African lions after that. But that's what Peter meant. That's what Peter was trying to show us, that the ferociousness of these lions. And um, so I guess we kind of can take out of that that uh, we, we, we understand a little bit more about that that particular uh, scripture. And also, um, you know, 
Peter wanted us to let us know. He says, hey, don't, don't be, um, you know, be alert. He made it real clear. Be alert. Be wise. Be on your guard at all times. And uh, the thing that we have a tendency to do, we all do, is we, we get to this thing where we kind of fall asleep. It's kind of like, you know, oh, it's all good. You know, I've got money. I've got my family. I've got a job. I've got my house. I've got a car. Things are all good. And, and the next thing you know, that lion pops up, and you don't have any bullets left in the gun. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there licking his chops. And uh, so I, I need people to really wake up including myself, and know just how much the devil hates us. And, and some people go, well, you know, you know, the devil's bad, but he hates us. And he hates us. And I'll tell you why he hates us, especially Christians. Because we have grace and mercy and forgiveness. He doesn't have it, and he never will. So, you know, he's burning and he'd, he'd like to make us look bad every chance that he gets and, and take us down. Now, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, everybody knows how bad the devil is. Um, I don't know if you guys ever uh, been on the Internet and s seen Yahoo questions. Sometimes people ask questions and Yahoo answers them, whatever. But I was astounded one time. It just came up, and I actually uh, copied it because I, I thought maybe someday I'd use it. And sure enough... Um, but this individual wrote into them, and listen to what he says, okay? This, this will blow your mind. Um, it says, the question, it says, uh, this was actually just uh, taken off of the Internet, a site at, at Yahoo, and it says, uh, it says, resolve question. It says, why do people hate the devil when he's trying to save us all, uh, save us and all of humanity? I want that to sink in. This person states, God built us as slaves, and the devil saved us from being slaves of heaven. I mean, the whole, uh, whole except Jesus and enter to heaven thing is a conspiracy. The church and all those who want us to go to heaven are undercover agents working for heaven and promise you paradise when really there is nothing but an eternity of slavery. Then he goes on to say, the devil uncovered the plot and tried to overthrow the one who devised it in an attempt to save the rest of humanity. Then the other angels silenced him before he could succeed. And now all the agents working for heaven has spread the rumor that the devil tried to take over heaven because he thought he was better so that nobody would believe him. And this is actually by a guy named Bob whatever and doesn't make any difference in the name. But can you believe <laughs> that statement? And it's like uh, it has nothing to do with Christians. It's just like. You would think everybody, Christian or non-Christian, would know, okay, what the devil kind of stands for because, you know, they even make fun of it with the little red man and the, you know, uh, hell jokes and so forth, you know. But it just astounds me. So not everybody really realizes it, but I think as Christians we realize. And uh, it also states in John eight forty four, and I, you guys have heard this one before, but it says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He is a liar. Remember, we've heard he is the father of all lies. Satan loves to lie to us. Satan loves to deceive us. So um, what I wanted to do was um, I wanted to uh, just talk a little bit about the tools he uses to trip us up and how we can also have the victory. Um, and then my last clip is one that some of you have seen here before. But sometimes I wonder if I shouldn't see this clip personally a couple times a year just to wake up and let me know just how bad the devil and how upset he is with us and how he makes no bones about it. He doesn't like us. He wants to take us out in any way, shape, or form. Now, some of you have seen this before, so I'm going to play it again. So, Amy, if you guys want to hit the lights and I'll play my last clip here. I just wanted to stop by and give you a little update on what's going on. Now, some of you don't have a clue as to who I am, but there's others of you that know exactly who I am. And let's be clear on one thing. I know who you are. I spend as much time as I can with most of you. And here's the part that should make you a little uncomfortable. 
I spent a lot of time with your children. And thanks to some of you, they don't even know what to look out for. Sure, there's times I, I kind of wish I did the whole horns, pitchfork, and red cape thing, but, you know, that would make it too easy for you guys. You see, the great thing for me is that I don't look like anything. I can look like just about everything. I don't have to be here. Some of the best work I do with you people is up here. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm successful, I live a good life, my family's happy, you don't have me. Well, guess what? I can take you down in more ways than you understand. I have one goal, and that's to keep you away from God. And if I can make you miserable in the process, well, bonus for me. And for those of you that don't understand the problem that I have with our Creator, read the book. It's all in there. Now, I want you to think of all the places you've seen me in the past week. TV, newspaper, radio, movies, the internet. <laughs> the internet, wow. Wow, I love that place. Do you know that I have over 420 million pages of porn on that thing? And it does almost $5 billion in revenue a year and growing. Thanks in part to many of you. Let me let you in on a little secret. And I don't mind either. You know why I don't mind? Because most of you will forget everything that was said in this service by the time you walk out those back doors. Are you ready for this? All you have to do is choose to avoid me. You want to know the best thing God ever did for me was to give you the ability to choose? You see, you can't not choose. And here's the greatest thing about it. By not choosing him, you automatically choose me. Now, some of you have figured out how to keep me away, and quite frankly, there's no mystery to it. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. But most of you choose to allow me free reign in your life. You know, there's that word again, choose. I have drugs, porn, infidelity, greed, lust, pride, slander, and the list goes on and on and on. But the one thing I do not have is the ability to offer you freedom. You know, to see Jesus suffer on that cross was one of the greatest moments of my life. Then when he was with me, the burning and the torture that he felt was at my hands. And I loved it. I loved every second of his torture. But you know what I couldn't stop thinking of? I couldn't stop thinking about why he was there. During that time, I could only think of one thing. That when his torment was over, it meant that all of humanity, every one of you, would have the chance for an eternal life of peace. And all you would have to do is simply choose. You know, I know how this is going to end. I know what's in store for me. I will be condemned to an eternal hell, but until that day, I will do everything in my power to unleash that hell on this earth. And as God, as my witness, if you even allow me the smallest corner of your life, I will not stop until I destroy you. And until you cry for mercy in Christ's sake, I will not let you go. When the service is over, I will be waiting. I'll be waiting for some of you at work, at school, or at home. You know, I'll even see some of you in the car outside. Just remember, it's either me or him. Who do you choose? Real nice guy, huh? That's the reason why I say, you know, it's a real wake-up call. And uh, there's a couple things I wanted you to draw out of that. Number one, about our kids. Did you catch that about the kids? And uh, because he knows if he can take down our kids, it's the next generation. It's a mindset. You can start a new whole cultural thing or whatever it is. And then did you catch the thing if you give me one little corner? One little corner. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how he gets those corners. And those corners are actually called footholds. And uh, let's see here. In Ephesians 4, 
26 and 27, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Oh, you married guys, you know about that one, right? <laughs> Sometimes when you get into it, you know, uh, you know, your wife will give you that scripture. We can't go to bed yet. Can't let the sun go down while we're still angry. <laughs> you go, uh, I think you have the wrong translation. <laughs> but, uh, and then it says on 27, it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Can we all say foothold? Foothold. Okay. Now, the dictionary says foothold, and I, I love this definition. It says, a secure position from which further progress may be made. I'll read that again. A secure position from which further progress may be made. That's a foothold. That's excellent. So think about this. I'll give you a little picture, a word picture, okay? You get a knock at the door, and uh, you don't know who it is, so you walk over there, open up the door, and all of a sudden, it's somebody, a salesman or whatever you didn't want to see. And so he starts talking right away, you know. And, I, hey, I'm glad it makes it more than a day. And so you go, no, thank you, I'm not interested. You go to shut the door, and he sticks his foot in the door. So as the door is trying to be closed, you hear him still talking, you know. And at that point in time, usually you get a little bit frustrated and, uh, you know, and he keeps talking, and he keeps talking, and he keeps talking. That's a foothold. That's what I'm trying to, I want you to see. That's what the devil does to us. Now, footholds can be a lot of things. And as a matter of fact, um, we can make a sermon uh, or actually a whole uh, uh, series of just footholds, different types of footholds. Footholds can be uh, um, sexual. Footholds can be suggesting uh, fear, worry, alcohol, drugs, uh, anger, unforgiveness, that's a big one, uh, witchcraft, occult, horror shows of cruel acts, killings, etc. I got to be honest with you, this is a little true confession. Um, after doing this, you know, because uh, when you go to do a sermon, you first of all ask God what you think he wants to share, have you share, and then then the uh, the conviction starts happening to you because you can't sit up here and preach something and be doing the exact same thing. So I started uh, being convicted about, I don't know if any of you know the, the, the um, TV program Bones. Well, I'm a documentary freak, and I like all those things where, you know, the science uh, does this and that and this, and they can find it. So I was a big uh, um, Bones fan. The problem is, if you really dissect Bones, it's all about, she has no faith whatsoever. It's, it's all two plus two, and this is what I learned in college. And, and then there's, there's sleeping with each other and things like that, you know, infidelity and so forth like that. So uh, I would always just kind of, okay, I'm just looking at the science aspect of it, you know. But God began to really work on my heart. So I, I uh, confessed and... It's off of my list. I don't watch Bones anymore. But that's, that could be a foothold. And the reason why footholds are so important and the reason why I wanted to talk to you about them today is sometimes we go through a lot of hard things. Let's say we're having financial this or we have relational things or whatever, and it just seems sometimes like God is not, not answering. You're not getting a connection. And... Um, I think that's a time where, like, we should bring our car into uh, speedy oil change. We need to, to, to bring ourselves under submission to God and say, hey, God, is there a foothold in my life? You know, do a little checkup here. Is there a foothold in my life that's separating me from you? And, uh, I mean, what we, we, we actually need to realize is footholds aren't always sin. Footholds usually happen, okay, in our lives before the actual sin happens. So it's kind of like if, uh, uh, let's say, I start reading material that's questionable, that becomes a foothold. It can lead into actual, say, uh, sexual sin, infidelity. I mean, it can lead into the, to the actual sin. And... Uh, the point that uh, that I wanted to make is uh, 
that God gives us a special uh, orders, if you will, where he says, like in 1 Timothy 6.20, guard what has been entrusted to you. And we realize that Satan is so subtle and that we need to be uh, wise to his devices. But, you know, you could, you could probably think like, um, oh, gosh, I'm afraid to go outside now. You know, what am I going to do, you know? No, you know, here's the, here's the victory. Do you know the tool that, that God does or gives us? God gives us the tool of the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to ask an honest, an honest answer. How many of you have been sitting here or sitting somewhere watching a movie, whether it be a movie or whether it be t- TV, or reading something, and something inside goes, you know, this really isn't right. I mean, you just know it. How, how many have experienced that? Thank you for those being truthful. I, I've experienced it. And here's the amazing thing. You see, God gives us a tool to keep, he actually speaks to us like that before that foot gets stuck in the door. And, but here's what happens. Sometimes, like even myself watching Bones, I basically, am, I'm not physically saying this, or audibly, but it's like, Holy Spirit, I got it under control. Just sit there. It's all cool. I'm not watching this, uh, these people sleeping together. I am, I am uh, w- watching the science aspect of it. So, now, here's the amazing thing that you need to realize. Have you ever had a five-year-old, and see, I, I uh, have an alarm company, and nothing is more, more uh, agitating, nothing is more frustrating to me when I finish a job and I'm trying to um, <laughs> I'm trying to explain to the person how to use the alarm, and you know it's not it's not rocket scientists, but it's and then her five year old is getting between us. My mommy, my mommy, I want this, I want this, I want that, I want this, and she's going, no, honey, just wait over there. Yeah, 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 you know, and I'm looking at you know, hey, it's the time is going on and stuff, and I want to just you know, uh, in Jesus' name, take. You know, but, um, or uh, tell them, have you uh, heard uh, of the book, you know, Child Fun or Frenzy or whatever. Anyway, um, but it's real frustrating to me. But uh, if he does, if, if, um, if she doesn't give to his wishes, he doesn't get quieter. He gets louder. But here's the amazing thing, and I think you guys will, you know, understand this, is that when we do that to the Holy Spirit, he doesn't get louder. He gets softer. And you say, well, that's not fair. You know, if he really wanted me not to do that, you know, he should scream in my ear. The Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. Remember when, in that little film clip, when he was saying it's all about choice? We have a choice to receive that warning or ignore the warning. But the amazing thing is the Holy Spirit gets softer. And softer. And uh, there's a scripture. Um, I don't know if uh, I probably I have the time to do it. Can we all turn to uh, to uh, let's see Romans chapter number one, verse eighteen. Just going to read a section of scripture, and you'll understand something. It, it may it may amaze you, you know, because God loves us, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a big club. You know, he doesn't beat us up. But I'm just going to begin to read this. It says, um, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since uh, what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Uh-oh, we don't have an excuse. You know, it's interesting now to, to the, the thought is that even if we're, we get a foothold in our life and we say, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really aware of that foothold, and it turns into sin, you know, God doesn't really care. How many know that sin is sin? To God, sin is sin. And um, that's why he says, my people will perish, you know, if uh, from a lack of knowledge, 
because that's exactly what will happen. But it goes on to say, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, catch this one. Therefore, God gave them over in sinful desires of their hearts and sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Now, it goes down even to jump down to 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. Remember when I was telling you what it said in Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you? He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Okay, what that tells me, folks, is that if we continue down the, 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 the trail and tell God just to sit down, I've got it under control, not only will the Holy Spirit be quiet, but if it continues and continues and continues, he will, he, will let, he will give you over to a depraved mind. And here's the, here's the sad part. Uh, you'll begin to think what you're doing is kind of your conscience is going to be gone. And so you won't even think it's wrong anymore. And that's the sad part. But the point I wanted to make to you is our God is a righteous God. Our God is a good God. Our God is full of love, and our God is full of mercy and grace. But, folks, white is white and black is black. And if it's black, God is not going to stand behind it. So um, it, it would be great if I, there was a, another thing I want to tell you. I don't know if anybody knows what a shrike is. A shrike is a bird. Anybody know what that is? Okay. You're going to learn something today. See, this is what I told you all those documentary things are starting to pay off right now. But a, a, a shrike is a bird. And what they use the shrike for, one of his mortal enemies are like uh, falcons and things like that. So when the uh, falcon um, people, you know, the falcon hunters and whatever go out, what happens is sometimes, as you know, they get really high. They get so high that, that the man can't see them. So what they actually do, and they take along with them the shrike bird. Because obviously he must have really good eyes or whatever, but the shrike, the shrike bird is always doing, and where that shrike bird is looking is where the falcon is, even though the man can't see it. So they bring them along. And it'd be great if we had a shrike bird with us that would be always looking for those little footholds and looking for the attacks and what the enemy is up to. But, folks, we have been given our shrike bird, which is the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to listen to it. Okay? Amen. So uh, that's, that's the good news. Okay. So um, let's see. Let's do a quick review here. Okay? I, I think you guys could pass this test really easy. Uh, Satan, he is wicked. He is evil. He's a liar. He is subtle. He is smart, he knows our weaknesses, and he'll stop at nothing to bring us down. And he uses footholds when he can. All agree, right. Here's the good news, though. Okay, these are some reviews for God. Our God is more powerful than any demonic power was ever made. Okay, we can be wise to all of Satan's devices, and we have the tools to defeat him. And what are the tools? is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Um, I just love it when, when uh, Jesus used, used the, the Word. It just tripped up. Uh, it finally, you know, notice it didn't say that Satan said some nasty words to him. It's just like Satan just went away. Did you notice that when he was in the wilderness? <laughs> it's just like, that's not going to happen. So, um, but it's because he used uh, the, the Word of God against Satan. Now, I need you to realize something, because I am going to touch on on one little foothold. And believe it or not, it's it's real. <laughs> you know, it's funny is that I had a burden to talk about one specific thing, and the next thing I know, it starts getting in. It started getting into the process of footholds. So all of a sudden, uh, the actual thing that I wanted to talk about, the actual foothold, uh, to preface uh, what I was speaking about 
was on on the um, foothold kind of took a second seat to the fact of, well, I have to establish first that you guys are all with me on this, that Satan is a liar and the father of all lies, and he's not a nice guy, and he will do anything, just like the clip said, to take you out. You give him a little bit of a corner, and it's, it's obvious that he's our enemy. So, um, but at the same time, I need to let you know it's not like a negative message like, well, you might as well just, uh, you know, we'll give you the bullet for your gun on the way out, okay? <laughs> you know, there is, there is an answer here. So, but I need you to realize that if I, you know, when it says that my people will perish, you know, if we don't give you information, uh, and parents here will, will understand what I'm about to say, you know, I'm, I'm uh, the leader's the board and so forth, and those are leaders here, are actually your shepherds, okay? And it's something that God, it's not, it's not like, hey, I want to be, uh, you know, over you or whatever. But the shepherds are over their flock, and they take care of their flock. And parents will understand this because, you know, God has given your children to you. And, and, and uh, whether you're a single parent or whether you have uh, both parents, you are the shepherds over your flock. Can we all agree with that? Did I hear an amen? You are? Sometimes with our kids, we wonder if we should hang up our shepherd uh, uh, hat or whatever, but because it can be uh, stressing. But, you know, that is the way it is. And so as your shepherd, you know, I, I, I see something that's been happening in, um, in the world, in the community. And uh, I don't know where you, all of you are. Um, I don't know if... Some of you have this foothold that I consider a foothold, or some or none of you. But how many know that if I give a sermon and uh, there's, say, 2,500 people in the sermon, and I give an altar call, and I ask those that would like to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and be saved and, and know that when you left the building that uh, if you died, you know exactly where you're going to go. Uh, and out of the 2,500, only one person came forward. To me, it would be worth it. What about you? Right? When they say, I mean, who am I? When I say one person gets saved, all of heaven rejoices. Right on. So if I can shed a little light on a subject for one person, I feel like I've done my job. So um, what I wanted to talk about, and this is what s generated this whole sermon, this whole thing of me wanting to speak, and I consider it a foothold because I think a lot of people don't quite understand the, the, what's really happening, but it's all about the Harry Potter generation. And I guess it really gripped me because when I heard about this last movie that Harry Potter had, uh, and where I saw people that were camping out for two weeks before they were going to get there, and uh, before the, the movie was even there, before they were going to be able to get in to get their ticket and so forth. And I saw people wearing, uh, you know, witches' hats and having their magic wands and everything, you know. Um, and then I did a little researching, and I was absolutely astounded of how many Christians stand behind Harry Potter. And I'd like to just share some things. And all I'm asking is whether I don't know if you are or you aren't. And, uh, just have an open mind to what I'm saying. Uh, please don't be offended. Um, but I'm basing um, what my Holy, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and my God and his scriptures, the word is. Um, and it's a hard word because it's, it crosses a barrier of when we were kids, okay, when we saw, when we saw, uh, let's say Fantasia. How many have ever seen it? You know, I'm kind of dating myself, but anyway, with Mickey and so forth, and the uh, and the wizard and and all that. When the, you know, they had the water and the jugs. You know, dun, 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 you know, and they kept filling up and everything else. Well, you know, that was a light thing, and it still was a wizard, and it was still. So we could kind of look the other way. But you know what? I need to tell you how bold the enemy is getting how bold the enemy is and how subtle that he takes people and lets them think that because it's fantasy, it's make-believe, okay, it's okay. 
And maybe in the quote-unquote actual movie, it may be fantasy, but some of the things that they do in that movie are thousands of years old. And it's reviving some of the pagan and the paganistic things that Merlin's Magic Handbook. I was astounded over getting on the Internet and going to one of the sites that says that we have a special magic wand, and it's not made out of plastic. It's really this and that and this and this. And then it had a, um, a note to the parents. Uh, you could go, it says parents, and so you click it, and it comes up, and it says, and this is what's absolutely astounding. They go, we are not condoning, uh, you know, the occult or witchcraft or anything else. And this, we feel like it's the purpose of this is to, to enlighten and to stir up the uh, juices, the creative juices and the imaginations of your children. Okay? But we don't um, stand behind the occult and witchcraft and, the, and, and so forth. And, and then on the same site, you can click where it said it, that there has been a book that has been revived since 1588, and it was Merlin's Magics, and it has all of the, the incant incantations, and it's also got the, um, all of the spells and so forth. Now, this is the same site that they're not condoning black magic, okay? And what I needed to, to also tell you what's going on, and maybe a lot of you don't really know. Um, I, I want to read a couple real quick things from uh, magazines, uh, some uh, British magazines, that actually people had written in. It says, uh, one of them is, uh, I was eager to get to Hogwarts. And I don't know if anybody knows what Hogwarts is, but that's a school of wizardry, okay? Uh, uh, first, because I like what they learned there, and I want to be a witch, and it's Goria Bishop, age 10. Now, this is they're writing into the magazine. And then the Pagan Federation has appointed a youth officer to deal with the flood of inquiries following the success of Harry Potter's books, which describe magic and wizardry. Okay? It, it, they were gotten so inundated and so full of people calling in. Now, I know this may burst a few bubbles, but a lot of these kids are Christians or call themselves Christians or go to Christian churches, go to church on Sunday. And it says, researchers are finding that increasing numbers of children are spending hours alone browsing the Internet in search of satanic websites. This is a beautiful. Psychic Eye Bookshop Manager cheers the Harry Potter craze. It's taken away a lot of fear. People are more accepting of things like witchcraft and magic after Harry Potter came out. See, it, when I was a child... When you saw a sorcerer or somebody did a spell, it was scary. Now, you see, this is, this is enlightening. This is, this is actually causing kids not to be so afraid. They don't go to, uh, they sleep well at night, not like when we were kids. Mennett also says, two British reports on the Harry phenomenon show us the obvious popular forms of the occult entertainment have fueled a rapidly growing interest in witchcraft among children. Uh, naturally, the islands, and that's the British island, uh, Pagan Federation is pleased. Though, now, this, this is what I love. This is why I know it's Satan, okay, it, it is behind this whole thing. Though it refuses to admit new members under age 18. Nice, that's like saying we don't sell cigarettes until you get old enough that you can get cancer when you get older. And it says, it deals with an average of 100 inquiries, okay, a month from youngsters who want to become witches and claims it has occasionally been swamped with calls. Now, here's one that'll set you back. This is right here at home. The experts call it the American cultural shift. It's the growing preference for paganism. And an example is right here in Los Altos High School, a student, uh, Leah Mowry, interviewed which and based her conclusion on this because of several interviews with student witches and they were able to post this in the student paper. Okay? Her article boasted that their religion was more tolerant than traditional beliefs, taught people to take better care of the environment, and help people to empower themselves. Isn't that a great thing? And then it says, and of course, they only used good magic. 
Now you've heard of good magic, bad magic, white magic, black magic. I'm going to burst everybody's buttons, but magic is magic. And I'm going to give you some scriptures that are going to say that, that it's an abomination to the Lord to even dabble with it. You should run the other way. Now, check this one out. If you're a Christian, actually, when she said that it's a good magic, it's actually a misnomer because there is no such thing as good magic. It says in the same school, now check this one out. A Christian student asked if he could write about young life. That's that Christian group. And I know this is going to blow everybody away, especially the young people, but actually I was involved in Christian uh, in uh, young life when I was in high school. And, yes, my high school did, you know, <laughs> I'm not that old, okay? But Christian life, I mean, um, but the um, Young Life group was still involved, and that's where they use it. But anyway, the long and short of it is um, Young Life, the Christian group, active on their campus. And it says, I, I used to be involved, and my personally, I was used to be involved. But, you know, he asked if he could write an article in the paper about Young Life. Uh, you know, not getting heavy under the religious aspect, but just to, to, to have an interview. The answer was No. Okay, that was the response. He was told because witchcraft is underexposed in our society and Christianity is overexposed. That's right here in, in Los Altos. This isn't on Planet X. Then it says, in other words, witches could give public testimonies about their benefits of their religion, but Christians were no longer allowed to express their faith and testimonies. The headman of the pagan federation says he knows why. He said the Christian church has failed to provide the right degree of spirituality for young people. He explained the contrast. Paganism involves direct communication with the divine. Isn't that something? And um, then there's, I, I won't even get into paganism. Like I said, this could be another whole complete subject. But here's where I go with, uh, I'm going to give you some reasons, okay, of, of why I get, agitated and so forth number one reason god shows us that witchcraft sorcery spells divination and magic are evil okay now i know a lot of people say harry's world uh may be fictional but the timeless pagan practices it promotes are real and deadly and in deuteronomy 18 10 12, it says, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or medium, or spiritualist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. How many know that a foothold could be astronomy. You get hung up on the astronomy. You know, oh, my horoscope, what am I, you know, how many know that a foothold can be Ouija boards? Yeah, Ouija boards, okay? A true story happened to me once when I wasn't a Christian. And I, and that's just one thing I think that actually got me to becoming, to become a Christian because I do remember that I did, I didn't get off into the occult, but I, I believe that there was an evil side. We were on a Ouija board, and, of course, we're all sitting around, and we're all, you know, half-loaded and everything else, you know, when I was younger. And um, and we asked if there was a spirit in the room, and, of course, you know, <laughs> went to yes. And so I said, well, you know, and I'm Mr. Dowder. I said, well, if, you're, if there's really a spirit here, prove it. And we're all, there's nobody up. We're just sitting there at the table, all of us. And in the kitchen, there was a refrigerator, and it had like a um, an, uh, a bug a bug thing like off, and it was uh, about so big, it flew off. It didn't fall off; it flew off and hit the other side of the wall. At that point in time, I folded up the Ouija board and I said, "Enough's enough. That's great. I'm glad you guys whatever, but I'm not staying here any longer." And so, you know, there was there is a spirit behind it. So I know there is a dark side. So. Again, we go back to the number one reason is it's an abomination to the Lord. We should all realize we shouldn't be dabbling with this thing. We should call a spade a spade. Number two, the movie's foundation in fantasy. Okay, people will come against it and say, well, the movie's foundation is fantasy, not reality. Doesn't diminish its power to change beliefs and values. Imagery 
experiences or well-written fantasies can affect the mind and memories as such. Scientists will tell you that all the time. If not more than actual experiences, these are reinforced through books, toys. Oh, Lord, the other day I just saw Lego toys with wizards. What, what happened to the Legos I knew when I was younger? Games as well as the movies. It's just more than a book in movies. And we're having people in, in public schools saying, the, the teachers are so happy because they said, you can put down all the stuff that's in here and everything else, but it's getting them to read. It's finally getting them to read. Lord, help us. The end justifies the means. Lord, help us. And then it says in Jeremiah 7, 24, yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backwards and not forwards. Number three, each occult image and suggestion prompts the audience to feel more at home in this setting. It's the same thing. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who puts darkness for light and light for darkness. Isaiah 5, 2, 21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Folks, you heard that story about the frogs? I think most people have heard that story, but I'll tell you it again. You put a frog in hot water, and he'll immediately jump out. If you put a frog in just regular water and you slowly heat it up, it gets to the point where it's so hot, it realizes, i got to get out of here, and the heat has caused it to be too tired to get out. That's exactly what's happening to our children. And, and, and I, you know, it's one thing for adults, okay? Um, you know, I'm speaking to adults, but I guess my heart goes out. And this is one of the reasons why I've kind of don't, um, donated my time and everything else to marriage counseling and stuff. Because I, my burden is I'm sick and tired of the enemy ripping people off. I'm sick and tired of seeing split families, not having a dad, not having a mom, Split families, blended families having their problems, and it's all because of sin in the camp, and it's all because I'm just sick and tired of seeing the enemy rip people off. This is a ripoff, folks. This is a ripoff. And sure, there's other things. We could talk about the other things, but this is the thing we're talking about today. Romans 12, 9 uh, says, Tell us to uh, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. You see, when Christian children and teens love Harry Potter myths, delight in the movie, and read the books again and again and again, they are desensitizing their hearts and minds to its evil. Turning God's truth upside down, they are learning to love what is evil. And, and I've noticed that when I was a kid, man, uh, you know, we, we, we would almost laugh about this, about the monsters that we when we were, you know, you know, a kid today would look at some of my old monster movies and they'd laugh, how cheesy, you know, but it used to scare the pants off of us, right? Now, some of these, these creatures that you see, are, I mean, are just absolutely from the pit of hell disgusting, and kids are like, yeah, 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 you're being desensitized. You know, you're the frog sitting in that pan. Okay, number five. Immersed in Hogwarts, that's that school of wizardry, okay, beliefs and values, children learn to ignore or reinterpret God's truth. We lose our natural aversion for the devious spirits represented by the creatures and symbols in this eerie world. You do. You, 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 become, you, you start to, get to become numb. And Colossians 2, 6, 7 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the, of the world, and not according to Christ. Our lives should be run, checked out, and everything through the Word of God. If it does not match up to the Word of God, we don't do it. It's not just Harry Potter. It can be other things, okay? How, how am I supposed to whole, uh, behave sexually? Read the word. How am I supposed to raise my children? Read the word. This is just one aspect. It's a foothold, and the footholds will definitely lead you down to the path of hell and sin. And that clip that we saw tells you if he can just get a corner, he will try to take you down. We have the power, but it's like he says, people don't use it. Okay, six. These interchanges are usually unconscious. After all, who will stop, think, and weigh the evidence when caught up in such a fast 
moving visual adventure. It's a method used by today's marketing firms. You have to understand, when this is all happening and the, the broom's flying and, and this and that and this and creatures and you're you know, doing all these things, okay, who's going to stop and, and just go, well, let me analyze this. I don't really think that, no, the Holy Spirit might be saying something here, something's not right, but you're not going to sit and analyze it. Okay, that's why we shouldn't even play with it. But I, I uh, realize it says it's a method used by today's marketing firms which spends billions on entertaining ads that touch emotions, ignore the facts, yet motivate people to buy their product. We see it every day on, on, on our ads, okay? It's kind of like, you know, is that a rabbit over there while they're stealing your wallet? Okay? And we don't even know what's happening because that's, and it's a market. They spend billions of dollars. It works. And the enemy knows that. It just makes me sick about the devil, how he corrupts everything. Sex is one of the greatest things in the world, and yet he's corrupted that. It's just everything good. He, he comes in and he, he messes it up, you know, because he wants to bring us down. Okay, um, let's see. And my last point right now is seven. It says the main product marketed through these movies are a belief system that clashes with all God gives us for peace and security. The pagan ide uh, ideology comes complete with trading cards. We can get you, this, we've got the package thing going here. Trading cards, computer games, clothes, decorations, stamped with Harry Potter symbols, action figures, cuddly dolls, and many, many, many mores, more. And so it's a culture. It becomes an actual culture. And I'm saying if we don't wise up, God will give Give us to a depraved mind. He'll, he'll just say, you know what? I've warned you, I warned you, I warned you. And if that's the way you want to go, then you will suffer the consequences of it. It's not because he's a mean God. You know, it's just as simple as that. It's just like if you told your teenager, you're to be home at 12 o'clock. She's home at 12.30. Guess what? For two weeks, you're not going anywhere. Okay? <laughs> I got an amen there. But, you know, the thing is, and so that's what God is trying to tell us. And I feel like I'm kind of a messenger to try to help not point the finger or look down or talk down to you guys. I'm saying, hey, we're all in the same boat, okay? And if this boat for some reason goes down, we're all going down. But we're in the body of Christ, and we're to exhort one another. And I don't want my people to perish because of a lack of knowledge. So the thing that I ask of you today is to take this message with, a, with an open heart. Seek God. You know what? If you can dig in and find more scriptures, all the better. All the better. But I, I'm sure you'll come to the same consensus as I did. Harry Potter is not for the born-again Christian. We shouldn't be delving, dabbling with anything to have to do with Harry Potter. You should stand up for what you believe. So can I get an amen out of that? Okay. So... If you have been, hey, this is what's beautiful about our God. Confess it. Repent of it. And it's like it never happened again. And Satan hates that. Satan hates that because he'll never get that. So um, if the uh, worship team would like to come up here, I would like to, uh, I never like to, to close um, a service without saying, hey, if you've got the time we're going to be, we're going to have some uh, worship time, and then we're going to have a little time of prayer. If you've got something on your heart that's going through, that you're going through, please come forward. We'll have people to pray for you, set you free. That's, wh that's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. That's what's, that's what's wonderful about Christianity. They can put it down and say we're a bunch of fanatics and everything else, but i got to tell you one thing. When I come walking into this building, all the fears that I have and everything else just seems to start melting away because I feel like, I'm home. This is, this is my home. These are my brothers and sisters. I look out here now, and there's some people that I don't know, but a lot of people I do know. And I can, and I can say when I look at you, I love you. And, you know, uh, I, I love you. I, I love a lot of people here. I, I hate to say this, maybe even more than my, my, my family because my family is not really all that close. And, and believe me, this message w was for somebody here because everything and anything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, you know, uh, just being attacked. And that usually means you're on the right track. You know, my mom passed away unexpectedly um, just before the service. My sister called up, my younger sister, and she's 
you know, in a big tizzy and a mess and stuff like that, but I was able to give her the words uh, that would calm her, praise God. He gave me words to really speak life to her. But, you know, he's going to do anything and everything he can. And, folks, we're in a war. But remember, we, once in a while we may lose a battle, but we have already won the war. Amen? So with that, we'll just let you go ahead. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak.